ladies and gentlemen. You are now tuned in to Mastering Mitzvahs. Mastering Mitzvahs. A podcast focused on creating the perfect bar and bat mitzvah celebration. Offering tips, tricks, and trends to ensure an amazing event. Mastering Mitzvahs. From New Jersey's own explosive entertainment. Explosive entertainment. I know you're going to dig this. And here they are. Your hosts, Jordan Marshall, Dylan Weissman, and Mike Langser. The recording always works better when you hit record. That was a lot better, man. I, was, I thought I broke something. I was like, something's not working. But it was you. Well, I'm missing Dylan, like the brains behind the technology here. He's he's in Disney while we're recording podcasts. Okay? Yes. Go figure that out. Yes. This is a very, I'm very jealous. Very jealous. It looks like Dylan's having a good time. If you're following him out there, man, check out the pictures. My man is live in Disney and doing it. Now, you make your way down to Florida a lot, so I guess he deserves the trip. But He does. He does. For as many trips as I take, he can take one. Yes. <laughs> and he's actually going down there for a wedding in Disney uh, to experience the whole like real Disney wedding feel. I mean, that that's I'm sure he's going to come back with some like how they do it. And like he's getting like the back end too, like how they yeah. produced. And oh man, that's like our uh, uh, family friendly wet dream right there, man. Like <laughs> for us entertainers, that's like the mecca. <laughs> so, Jordan, I have a topic I want to talk about today. And I think that this podcast can be very good, not only for our listeners, but for venues or vendors. And and the topic is working with inexperienced vendors or venues. And and I don't mean inexperienced as a whole, or maybe I do, but specifically in the bar and bat mitzvah realm. I mean, it's a a whole other gamut of events. So I wanted to actually go back. The first thing I was thinking, do you remember your first bar mitzvah that you ever performed at? I do. You do? Okay. You Give me a quick um, version. What what was yeah. it? And were you working on your own? Were you with somebody? Quick nutshell. I was obviously I started out in the business. I was working for another entertainment company before we started Explosive. I was a dancer, party motivator, motivator um, for a company local to the Monmouth County area. And my first gig was at the East Brunswick uh, Hilton. So right on on Route 18, the you know the big glass towers. It was a it was honestly a, a pretty cool. And not too tiny venue for for my first event, so it was it, it was cool. Yeah. yeah, really, really cool. So that, that was my first one. So you walked in there, but you worked for somebody else. That Correct. Day. you you were not the head honcho. You were a dancer, or maybe even an assistant dancer. Um, and you had a team of experienced people. Dit a dancer in training. Uh huh. Um, you know, I I think back to my first bar mitzvah, which was long before you and I ever met. Um, I was, I think, 16 or 17 years old. And man, I thought I was the ish, but you know, I, I didn't know what I was doing. But it was a downsized event. It, it actually was like, it was like the pre-party before the party. Like the family had hired like this big, well-known DJ company to do right. the main party. And, and I was kind of like, I thought I was cool bringing in, you know, a DJ, an MC, two or three dancers. I think I charged $600 back then for that whole like bundle of everything. Okay. Um, but it was really a pre-party. It wasn't the main party. Uh, so the moral of the story is, you know, everybody's got to get their feet wet. And I would never discourage anybody from getting into the bar and bat mitzvah industry. In fact, I'd encourage it because it's such a lucrative and rewarding 
industry to be within. We are living the dream. You got to start somewhere. And, and, do that. and do that. the reason to bring this topic up is this past weekend, I had two parties this weekend, and one of which was at a venue that has in, they've done four or five bar mitzvahs ever in the however many years that they've been around. And they were pretty arrogant is probably the word I would use, okay. um, that they knew what they were doing. But they didn't. And, well, and I mean, I you wish actually they do five, out. Mikey. When you do five of them, I mean, you know, like. <laughs> I, trying to be very nice when, when I had called the venue in advance and I said, hey, I've never worked there. I'm, a, I'm interested in, you know, what you guys do. And, uh, you know, I want to make sure we're on the same timeline. You mm-hmm. know, I I, pre- I have a timeline I'd like to share with you. Since you do you do a lot of bar and bar mitzvahs? And they said, yeah, right. yeah, we do. You know, uh four or five i'm like like when like this month like this <laughs> this year like you know we do four or five a week uh, in, as our a sleep. in our sleep man yes so i i was trying not to come across cocky or arrogant but right and, and, and you know when when it's somebody else's venue you let you know you, it's their rules their house generally but I could tell Jordan that this party wasn't going to go right if we let them take charge. And that's what I really want to talk about is like, who's the lead, who takes charge and how do you navigate, you know, these situations? And, and Mike, this is great too, because I think the whole encompassing of, of this topic is that it's not necessarily, not necessarily a bad thing to book a venue or, or vendors that are inexperienced. It's just finding the right ones that can help you kind of pull that together. Right. Yeah. So the very first tip I was thinking, like, as this topic came to mind, is inexperience is is okay, just like you said, but you right. need a lead vendor or somebody with experience. So I highly suggest if you're going to an inexperienced venue that you get a very experienced event planner. That planner will dictate the timeline, will help them with the setup. They'll point out things that maybe weren't thought of. Uh, and and certainly, if not a planner, make sure that the DJ company knows how to run the program and and that the DJ company is given permission to run the party. Like, literally say to the venue, I want my DJ to create the timeline. Um, you know, we don't want to step on toes, but there's a method behind the madness when you've done thousands of these things. Right. Morning, Jeremy, by the way. Good to see you, buddy. We love Jeremy. He's definitely a man, bro. An avid, loyal, explosive fan, bro. I love that. Yes. yes. <laughs> so, Jordan, can you think of any parties you've done recently that event that were at a venue that you just didn't know bar about mitzvahs? Maybe it was one of your destination jobs. Maybe it was something local. Um, but yeah. you know, when, when you got there, did they let you do your thing or did you have to, like, navigate? So, from, I guess for my experiences with, with topics like this, it's different. If I'm working an event space that's like this and I have a planner that I'm working with, that's huge because the planner in, in some way, shape or form has had multiple mitzvah experiences, good, bad and different, whatever. But they, like you're saying, they're that point person to where, you know, they can put together the timeline. They can pull all the vendors in. You know, we could be all on one email together and that planner can kind of like take the, you know, take the leadership role 
and delegate what needs to be done. And that, if that's the case, that's great for me because I'm kind of plug and play. Um, whereas, you know, I can put my input in and, you know, if it's planners that we work back and forth with on the regular, like an Amy Rebel, shout out to Amy Rebel, uh, Cindy Kaplan, Lisa Ivler, you know, any of our, our regular planners, they take my direction and, and like they'll look to me be like, hey, Jordan, what do you think about this? If it's a little bit more of a planner that, um, you know, maybe it's my first time working with them or second time. It's kind of their show and that's cool. And, and I'm cool with that. Like, you know, we, I think as, as a group specifically as explosive, one of our biggest strong suits is that we're pretty cool about playing well in the sandbox. If somebody has a, a good vision of, of what's going on and maybe not necessarily the same way we'd, we'd exactly map it out. I think we're still supportive of that to where it's like, Hey, if that's what you're feeling and you're in charge, we're going to do our best to make that work. It's rare that we'll step in and actually kind of want to adjust that unless it's really going to, not maximize the party's potential. So for me, if I have a planner on that event, um, it's great because I'm kind of plug and play. When I step into a venue um, that's a little more novice, uh, I have done certain spots. Like maybe if it's like a, a specialty venue that maybe is like a, a summer camp or, um, you know, something that's sports oriented. Yeah, or... Topgolf is a great example. Right, right. Yeah. Topgolf. Perfect. We, we Topgolf, but they they were not prepared. You no, know why don't you jump for... in and hit that? Because that's such a great venue and a dope spot. And we actually did a podcast on that spot specifically on how they could make a great mitzvah. But like you were saying, they're not very. They, yeah, they, they just weren't prepared for the um craziness that comes with the bar right. mitzvah, you know like right. and, and craziness is probably the right word i mean what other event has an influx of anywhere from you know 40 to 100 kids um that you know are are advanced these are kids that are definitely advanced like they are professional party goers at 13 years old they know True. what to expect and they're tough and, and you're also going on you're also going on the assumption mike sorry to cut you off just with with that thought but like you're also going on the the um the thought that your family your guest of honor is all gonna do their thing swimmingly like like you've planned you might get there and the guest of honor all of a sudden's like you know what i'm not ready for this i'm not outgoing and you got to call plays from the line and be ready to kind of troubleshoot that or make it as comfortable and as awesome of a situation for the guest of honor the family all while having your guests not even know anything happened so right. and and I'll tell you, my, my weekend, I had two parties, as I mentioned, two, two, uh, one was a bar mitzvah, one was a bat mitzvah. Right. Um, they were both unique and they both had their share of challenges. Um, but thank God the first party, um, I created a timeline and I was very emphatic that this is what needs to be followed. And then the second party, I had a great planner with me. You know, you mentioned Lisa before Lisa, Ivler. she put the timeline together, right? And it was shared with the caterer, the venue, uh, me as the entertainment. And we all agreed in advance that this is what was going to happen. And, and truth of the matter is we stuck to the general flow, but things did adjust. You know, candle lighting flew by. Dad's speech took longer than expected. So, like, things just happen and you got to adjust on the fly. So, um, you know, one of the thoughts I had this weekend, both of my parties were actually buffet style. Right. And I think it's a great tip for an inexperienced venue or even a family that's, you know, not really sure which direction they're going. Don't be afraid of buffet. And sometimes the word buffet is like connotated in a negative way. But if you call it station, uh, a, a, co station. a cocktail influenced event. Yes. But you know what? Cool? Some buzzwords there on that. <laughs> Here's the cool thing about that. Truthfully, the cool thing about that is the food stays hot, you know, right. and, and 
it doesn't have to precisely be served as it comes out of the oven. Um, and that gives you wiggle room and flexibility. And, and my assumption would be a family that's kind of going in a non-traditional route, like a top golf or a day camp or a family that's not so consumed with, I have to have the most experienced best of everything would be accepting of a buffet or station style party. Right. So that gives a lot of flexibility. And I, I, I really think that that's a, a key piece to it. Um, yeah, no, that, that's huge, man. I also uh, think that what clients and, you know, prospective clients, people looking to book their event need to realize is that a bar and bat mitzvah is not a wedding. If you have a venue or a hall or a spot that's like, Hey, we do a ton of events. We, you know, we do 350 events a year and you know, 340 of them are weddings. It's a completely different ball game, right? Man. Yeah. You know, a, a friend of mine in the industry shared a, a funny uh, anecdote that happened to him last week that the venue was a wedding facility and they're used to their wedding cakes being round. And they had this beautiful round decorative table that they put their wedding cakes on, a nice right. tiered round wedding cake. Well, the bar mitzvah cake was a um, uh, the scroll cake, uh, you know. Right, a, the marzipan. A Torah, a Torah, Torah cake. Right. So it was a large rectangle. Well, they the venue put it on this round table, and it was literally hanging over the edges of the table. And you know, in in the venue's mind, this is our cake table, and this is where the cake goes. But it, it's the round peg square hole kind of situation. The cake was literally like leaning over the edge. Well, during candle lighting, the DJ, a, a friend in a different business, mm -hmm. literally bumped into it and got cake all over the side of him because the cake didn't fit on the table. So, right. you know, your, your point is great. You know, that's okay if you're a wedding venue, but just totally cool. Open your eyes to, you know, some changes. Changes need to happen. And speaking of cakes, I had a really funny cake story this past weekend, too. Um, when we got there, the cake got delivered. And, and I don't know who it was. It might have been a friend of a family. Maybe it was a professional baker. The cake was gorgeous. Mm -hmm. But somebody was literally there, like, fixing the side, like, with, with a spatula and, like, Resculpting the cake and i'm like oh, that's kind of weird to see you know but it's before the guests get here and you never you know it is what it is then the cake got whisked away and we never saw it again right now you know normally a cake is a display item you want people to see it when they come into the room maybe it needs to be refrigerated based on you know what the fillings are um but the cake got whisked away the banquet manager had said to me that she was confused because there was this candle lighting structure and she didn't know what this thing was with 13 candles. Right. And it, she had it on a, a four foot table and it fit perfectly. Uh, and then she says, well, where am I putting the cake? And she grabbed another table. And I said, you know what? Can I make your life easier? When we get an eight foot table or a six foot table, let's put both the candle structure and the cake on it together. I thought, thought I was thinking of a good idea here. And when it's time to do the candle lighting, we'll bring it out into the middle of the room together. And now you've got this beautiful cake and just to its right, you know, right, it's almost like a mini reveal and check all this out. Yeah. So time for candle lighting comes out, Jordan, you know, we, we bring this table out and the cake is nowhere to be found. Neither is the banquet manager at this particular venue. The banquet manager also was running a restaurant down the hall somewhere and we just didn't have a cake. So we didn't want to drag any time. We just went on with candle lighting as it is, and we lit the candles, and it was all good. Nobody knew any different. I kind of wish the cake was there. Um, again, not my venue, not my kitchen to go in and start, you know, looking for a cake. Right. Uh, but we did a candle lighting. It was fine. We blew out the candles. We did the whole row. Everything was good. 
An hour later, the cake gets wheeled into the middle of the room on like a busboy cart. You know, like the same cart that you would clear plates with at a restaurant. Did they even put a cloth over it? There was a cloth. Yeah, yeah. I'll okay. give them that. All right. Okay. That. <laughs> but Dylan was the MC. We looked at each other like, what are we supposed to do with this now? Right. Now there's a cake in the middle of a dance floor, which was being used for a dance set. And we're like, what do we do? You, like what? It's not a birthday party. We're not singing happy birthday. Mm-hmm. You know, like the candles have already been blown out. What's the purpose of this? And right. I, I suspect that the maitre d' said to themselves, oh, man, I haven't even presented the cake. I got to bring it out so the family can see it and get some photos, which is fine. Kind of sneak it off to the side. But wheeling it through the middle of the dance floor, I, I'm amazed it didn't get attacked by the kids. Oh, my God. Um, but, you know, that goes to show, again, like if there were an, a, a mitzvah planner mm-hmm. with experience, that person would have said, hey, this cake needs to be on this table. It needs to wheel out at a certain time. Right. And they would have made it happen, you know. Uh, right. And you actually said something, Mikey, just a, a second ago that actually made me hit a topic that kind of plays into this too. And maybe you could shed some light. Um, so venues that are a little more mitzvah inexperienced, so to speak, you know, we do all these events. And I know when we come in as explosive entertainment, our parties turn to festivals sometimes. I mean, like, man, like like people literally shaking chandeliers, the dance floors are rocking. And I don't think the venues are prepared for that. So can you like maybe enlighten our, our, our listeners, venues that are attached to restaurants or attached to hotels or attached to, to places where you're not the only run of show that's going on in there. Um, you know, we've run into a couple of situations where sometimes venues of inexperience, we come in and, you know, our subs are hitting for that party, for that, that mitzvah feel. And all of a sudden they, they come up and we're in the middle of our rock and dance. And they're like, hey, uh, you need to turn that down or you need to. At, at that point, it, it's it's kind of jeopardizing the party right. success, right? Yeah, we, we did a whole episode on volume concerns. Yeah, yeah. But this goes into it too, like with like just finding, I feel like it's like right there. You know? So here's here's the takeaway from this. If you're looking for a venue and you're, you're a family and you're looking for a venue and they have other things, maybe multiple parties going on at a time or a restaurant or, you know, it's a country club and there's right. members dining somewhere else. You got to ask a lot of questions and you have to actually ask the questions. Is it okay if we're loud? You know, do I have a dedicated serving team? Do I have a dedicated maitre d'? And, and, or again, are they going to be like when you lost your, your maitre d' because he was running something else down the hall or they, is it one person for five different rooms? Right. Right. Is that person dedicated to this party? You know, and, and, and don't let them say, um, Oh, I do this all the time. I can handle the restaurant and the party. No, you know, you as a family, you're spending a lot of money to to throw an incredible party. Make sure you have dedicated staff. I mean, that that is key. Yo, Mike, I want to shout out my dude, DJ Decade right now from Florida, man. Thanks for tuning in, bro. Appreciate you. And you're absolutely right, man. 100%. And you probably see a lot of this because I know, you know, he's a uh, nightlife based and, and probably does a, a lot of weddings. So he probably sees this on the back end too, but picking up what we're putting down, you know? So true. I, you know, for those of you that are not watching but listening, you know, he he says that I think any event, not only mitzvahs, run into these same situations, and and it it's a very good point. Yep, it's a very good point. And and um, you know, whether it's a, a corporate event, whether it's a wedding, you know, whether it's a sweet sixteen, you know, uh, book the right space and and don't be afraid to ask questions. And you know, 
in in our volume episode, we talked about the hotel that has the banquet room or the guest mm-hmm. rooms one floor below the party room. You know, that's a recipe for disaster. And the, the other thing you kind of piggyback onto this too, Mikey, is you know, a venue that is super booked for, for weddings, you know, you go to it for, for your mitzvah. Let's say your mitzvah is during the day, you're doing a 12 to five. I guarantee you there's a banger wedding that's getting ready to get set up on the back end. Like you just want to make sure that, and not that all venues would do this, but that they're not rushing you out the door, that they're not, you know, kind of like, you know, serving all those meals super quick. So, you know, the dessert can come out 20 minutes before. So they have that extra time. Maybe people will leave, hit the road a little early. And then the banquet hall can flip the room, right. you know, in time for that that later party. That's a big thing too, you know. Right. You know, th- this Sunday my party was from four to eight, right. which on a Sunday is totally acceptable. But if mm-hmm. they venue served their dessert too early, we would have lost guests. No matter right. how good we are, we would have lost guests on Sunday because people have work and school the next day. So fortunately, dessert came out. In in fact, it actually came out almost too late. It came out seven thirty when the party was ending at eight. But um, I'd rather that than it be too early. Definitely. Cool. I, I know we're talking a lot about venue. Um, let's let's dip into, you know, other things, even entertainment, photography. Is there anything like we can encompass and kind of put uh-huh. together on that end? We were going down a rabbit hole there. Right. right. I know so much. Thanks for pulling me back. Um, you know, I, I, I started the question you know, the episode with what was your first bar about mitzvah? Yeah, yeah. You know what? I, I said that because there's really no reason why a family can't hire an inexperienced company for their entertainment as long as again somebody on that team has experience and or there's somebody to direct the show mm-hmm. and kind of goes against what we say in a sales meeting but you know the family has to know what they're looking for you know are you looking for the most lavish most amazing bar bat mitzvah or are you looking for a nice afternoon party if you're looking for something simple nice afternoon party you can get away with hiring somebody with less experience but they still need to understand what is a mozi? What is a kiddish? What is a candle lighting? How do I handle these things? Because if they can't control the party and they can't command the attention of the audience, right? We're in some trouble. One hundred percent. And that, believe it or not, that's going to fall a lot on on specifically your your event host. You know, like your MC. It's not even so much the company, the brand. It's that mouthpiece. Um, you know, it's that falls a lot on, on that host that that is there to kind of paint that picture for all your guests. Think about it. You know, you have people that are coming from all over the country, sometimes, you know, out of the country, like, you know, people flying in from Israel um, and really making sure that that no matter where they came from and how they got there, everybody's got a front row seat to this incredible day. So, you know, the, the big thing is, is, especially with the mitzvahs, um, I know for us, you know, we in our area, that, that's really what drives our talent pool is, you know, our phones ring for, for our event hosts. People call them by name. They're like, yo, I need, I need Nick P, you know, uh, we need Samaj. We need like these people to come out and, and kill it specifically. And it's, it's funny because, you know, on, on the back end with everything else, it's more musical, but having that mouthpiece and the person that can kind of direct it and narrate that five hour party all the way through that's clutch. You know, Jordan, I, I remember uh, when, I, when I was catering over at Kathmandu, I remember a family had hired, you know, a one man DJ for bar mitzvah. And uh, it was a, a high school principal that would just DJ on the side. And that's totally fine. A lot of DJs are part-time and and some of the most successful DJs have a great career and then they do the right. same side. Um, but this guy showed up and, you know, like any expect, experienced banquet manager should, went over, introduced himself. Or, you know, I introduced myself and 
hey, you know, this is the timeline, this is the program. And the guy had no idea what I was talking about when I said grand entrance, kiddish, mozi, hora. I, I was like dumbfounded. I took over as the banquet manager emceeing these things because I knew right. that the party was going to fail. Had I not been a banquet manager with MC experience, though, what would have happened? You know, like this guy would not have done a grand entrance. You're right. As a matter of fact, I remember he had a microphone with like a six foot cord. I didn't even know like it <laughs> still happens. But, you know, it was just one of those, you know, oddball situations. No. And, and it's crazy, dude. And like, you know, being able to take over like that and and and, and make sure everything runs smoothly is, is monstrous. Um, you know, I also think that with, you know, not getting back to the, the whole topic of just venues, but big thing is if you're working with inexperienced, you know, vendors, a venue, make sure they have things like the mo- your bread, your challah, your candles, you know, like things that are like, you know, like I, as, as a client, you would say, okay, you know, we're going to go do the most of the challah. I, I don't have to bring my own challah probably like they're, they're good to go. You know, well, those, are actually questions, those are questions that I had asked in my right. pre-planning with the venue. When I called the venue two weeks in advance, I said, Hey, I'm Mike, I'm exp- explosive entertainment. We're going to be there in a couple of weeks. You know, I, I said, who's providing the bread and, and wine now that's never, ever, ever a question that I ask. Right. But in this case, knowing it was a venue, it's only done four or five bar mitzvahs. Who's providing the bread? is a valid question. Who's providing the candles? Right. And they, we, they actually we carry candles. All of, all of us as MCs, man, in our emergency kit, we carry extra candles. They actually it's said, are, are, are you providing it? Like, right. No, I'm the DJ. I'm, I'm actually not, but I could if I have to, but let me, I'll find out from the family. Is is there a decorator involved? Is the family providing it? And, you know, we, we come to find out that the decorator was providing it. Um, I did want to give a shout out to photo and video though. You know, I think there's something to be said that you do want to hire a photographer, videographer that understands bar and bat mitzvahs uh, because they understand the flow, but it's not the end all be all. If you could explain the flow, you could get a photo photographer or videographer that's never done a bar mitzvah and you might get some of the most amazing, creative, artistic images or video because they have experiences in the industry. Um, So that's a place even, even like, decorators and plant like you know decorators not necessarily planners but decorators it's okay to have you know a wedding decorator or you know just an event decorator or a graphic designer as long as they could see the vision i don't necessarily think right. that they have to necessarily be mitzvah related but they have to have guidance from somebody who knows bar about mitzvahs right agreed and uh again yo shout out to the homie dj decade yo he's throwing if you guys are in the chat and checking out this thread later He's throwing some gold in there too. Some really great comments. So, uh, you know, right there, man. That's like, huge. Like, why, don't you, why don't you read that one, George? There are a lot of unexpected planners, coordinators, and DJ companies that just want to make a quick buck and start a company. And, you know, it's it's funny because I feel like indirectly we kind of preach this comment. It's so cool to hear it from another top quality entertainer and professional. And this is literally what's happening out there, guys, is that, you know, we, we've seen so, many, so much crazy – drum up over the last year and a half, two years with, with, you know, all the COVID stuff, everything going on, new DJs emerging, old DJs going out of business. It's a very, it's like the wild West right now. So it's, it's tough to kind of streamline it and find the proper professionals. So definitely do your homework, definitely do some research, talk to your friends. Um, I'd suggest a lot of groups, Facebook groups, there's mitzvah groups everywhere. Um, especially in our area, there's a lot of really great ones that you could 
uh, kind of get yourself uh, incorporated into and you'll find a lot of great content in there. So just, you know, do the research. Yeah. I think we could tie up this episode. This is a fun one. There's definitely a lot of information in here. Um, don't be afraid. The moral of this whole episode, don't be afraid to work with vendors or venues that have minimal experience in the bar about mitzvah world, but make sure somebody with a lot of experience is the point person is the key in the, in, and has been given the, you know, permission to run the party, you know, right. it, it's tough for a DJ to walk into a venue and say, hi, we're the boss today, you know, even though we're at your house, but we need, we need that permission slip basically to dictate the timeline, the flow. Um, in fact, even some of the setup, like, you know, we know that when we walked in on Saturday, I knew that the setup wasn't going to be effective. Like right. there was no way to have a grand entrance. You know, there was no way to bring the cake to the dance floor. Like we had to shift things. And, uh, you know, luckily we had that camaraderie and we were able to do that. But uh, this is a fun episode as always. Yeah, we miss you down in Florida. <laughs> But I think we could hold the fort down without him for a week or so. I think we did all right, man. It was good stuff. So quick little shout out. Uh, happy Pesach to anybody celebrating Passover this week coming up. Uh, wishing you guys, everybody, a happy and healthy. Enjoy it. If you're celebrating Easter, happy Easter Sunday coming up. Uh, on behalf of Mike, myself, Dylan, who's out in Disney. And I'm super jealous because I'm a giant Disney head too. So hopefully, please, bring me back something cool. And uh, we hope you guys have a great week. We'll see you on a dance floor real soon. Keep it everything tuned in. Explosive Entertainment, XEvents.com. Feel free to DM us, shoot us a message if you have a question, a comment, anything about this episode, or if you're just planning in general, or you're getting, you want to get the creative juices flowing, our doors are always open. We're looking forward to seeing you guys real soon. Have a great week, and we'll catch you later. Peace. Yeah.